gals and ghouls, this is Angela, your maven of spook. Welcome to another episode of Creepy Tales. In this episode, I'm going to be telling you stories of haunted toys. In our first story, we're going to explore the history of a doll named Mandy. Mandy is an antique porcelain doll made around the 1920s. There is a story which has the doll being trapped in a basement with a little girl. A man was walking past a farmhouse when he thought he heard someone crying, coming from within the house. The odd part about this was that the farmhouse was known to have been empty and abandoned. No one should have been present in the house. However, he walked up the pathway to the house and knocked on the door, but there was no answer. The crying continued, so he had to look around. He entered the empty farmhouse and discovered the crying came from below his feet. Not knowing how to access the building cellar from the inside, he went back outside to find the external entrance. As he opened the storm doors, light illuminated the room, and he made a shocking discovery. The body of a girl, long dead, lay on the floor with a doll held in her arms. It is not known why the girl was in the cellar in the first place, but it's believed that when she died, her spirit decided to inhabit the doll. She was donated to the Quisnell Museum in Canada in 1991. The antique doll was already 91 years old when she was given to the museum from an unnamed donor. The previous owner began waking in the middle of the night to the sound of a baby crying. Only there was no baby in the quiet house. The bizarre sound would echo up through the halls from the basement and oftentimes was so loud it couldn't be ignored. Once the owner worked up the courage to investigate, she would only ever find an open window. The strange sounds were enough to scare her for good, and Mandy was given to the museum. According to the owner, once the doll was no longer in the house, the mysterious crying stopped altogether. Once Mandy was put on display, strange things began to happen to the staff and volunteers at the museum. When she first arrived... Mandy sat facing the public entrance and would intimidate visitors. Later, she was placed in a case alone in another part of the museum. Rumors stated she couldn't be placed with any other dolls, as she would harm them. She also did not like being by herself. After being locked in a room, staff found papers thrown all around the room, as if she had a tantrum. She's been known to play with electrical equipment, causing them to malfunction, and she would also drain batteries. Visitors have claimed to feel uneasy or sad around her. Guests have reported that Mandy's eyes follow them around the room, and some even say she blinked at them when they were not looking directly at her. Mandy has even been known to move around on her own to different display cases. She's even been known to cry tears of blood. To date, she has done nothing particularly evil, but some investigators claim it's just the spirit of the little girl, but there are many similarities between her and the other demonically possessed objects. Now, I just have one question for you. Who's ready for Mandy's play tea party?
The Charlie Chimp cymbal-banging monkey has origins linked to 19th century street musicians known as organ grinders. The organ grinders would move from street to street with hand-cranked musical organs, quite often with a live tiny cymbal-banging monkey performing for pastors and gathering change. Organ grinders were prevalent in the immigrant and working-class neighborhoods of New York City and Europe during the early 1900s. The battery-operated cymbal-banging Charlie Chimp toy is based on these early street performers. The current incarnation of Charlie Chimp replicates the cymbal-banging monkey toys of the 1950s. Today's battery-operated Charlie Chimp possesses the same functionality and general persona that has kept the toy so popular over 50 years. He was usually clothed in a yellow vest with white and red striped pants, faux brown or black fur, would cover the electric toy. The symbol playing monkey toys have been powered by batteries, wound springs, or handheld air pumps. The jolly chimp would screech, pop his eyes out, and flash his teeth when bopped on the head, as is true with today's Charlie Chimp. The battery-operated cymbal-banging monkey toy has become one of the world's most recognizable toys. Perhaps this is because it can be perceived as both playful or scary, depending on the viewer. Through the years, the Charlie Chimp toy has been manufactured in Japan, Taiwan, the Philippines, and currently in China. Stories of the Jolly Clapping Chimp sold on a website that is listed as having strange incidents by the seller. It's known to switch on and off by itself or move positions in a room. Others have had intense nightmares around the monkey and claim this electronic monkey is definitely haunted. The pants are torn on one leg, exposing the metal interior. The eyes pop out and the mouth opens to make screeching noises. The seller claims to have no responsibility of what happens if someone were to buy the Jolly Chimp. Anyone interested in Charlie the Chimp? You're sure to have a banging fun time. Since 1904, Robert the Doll has been blamed for mischievous acts in Key West, Florida. Robert isn't your average toy doll. He's a life-size doll, vaguely human-looking like a boy who's dressed in a now-deceased owner's clothing. As if that isn't creepy enough, there's an eerie-looking toy dog that sits on his lap. Unlike most lap dogs, however, Robert's dog has big bulging eyes and a long tongue that hangs maniacally out of its mouth. Robert the doll isn't just haunted, he's supposedly malevolent and likes to wreak havoc on people's lives. From allegedly breaking bones to causing car accidents, Robert the doll has quite the rap sheet. Before Robert the doll became a spooky legend, he was a little Gene Otto's best friend. Young Otto was so enamored with the doll that he named it after himself, clothed it in his very own clothes, and carried it with him wherever he went. Otto was so close to his new friend that his parents would often hear him whispering to Robert. This seemed totally normal, until one day they heard a deep voice answering back. What people really remember is what they would probably term as an unhealthy relationship with the doll. He brought it everywhere, and he talked about it in the first person, as if it weren't a doll. 
Otto loved his doll so much that he built a special room for him in the attic, with furniture, toys, and even a teddy bear. As Otto grew older, things got even stranger. Mutilated toys started appearing in their home, but young Otto would always blame Robert. After studying at his university, Jean Otto met his wife, Anne. Otto brought the doll back to his childhood home in Key West, Florida. Robert the doll took a permanent position in a chair facing out of an upstairs window where he could be seen by passers-by below. A plumber who had been hired to make repairs around Otto's home claimed to hear children's laughter even though no one was home. The plumber also claims that the doll moved positions by itself and objects around it had moved too. People who passed the house soon avoid walking near it altogether. Locals swore that the doll would disappear and then reappear facing another direction or that his gaze would follow them as they passed by. Visitors to the house claimed they would hear footsteps coming from the attic and things would be misplaced. After Otto died in 1974, a woman named Myrtle Reuter purchased the house, which meant Robert the doll had a brand new caretaker. Reuter lived with Robert for 20 years. It's said she even took him with her when she moved to a new home in the 1980s. Finally, she donated the creepy toy to the Fort East Martello Museum, claiming that the doll was indeed haunted. If you're ever visiting Key West, make sure to stop by and say hi to Robert. Annabelle looks like an ordinary Raggedy Ann doll, but some people believe she's possessed by a demon. The real-life Annabelle story began in 1970 when a 28-year-old nurse received the Raggedy Ann doll as a birthday gift from her mom. She put the rag doll on her bed and began to notice it changing positions. A leg would be crossed or the doll would be lying on its side. The girl and her roommate began to find parchment paper on the floor, with written messages such as, help me, help us. They had no parchment paper in the house. The doll began appearing in different rooms and at one point appeared to be leaking blood. One day, a friend was taking a nap and woke up with the doll staring at him. He felt like he was being strangled. There were even deep scratch wounds on his upper body. The girls thought an intruder was moving the doll around and leaving notes but there was no sign of anyone entering or exiting their apartment. Not knowing where to turn, they contacted a medium and a seance was held. The girls were introduced to the spirit of Annabelle Higgins, a young girl that resided on the property before the apartments were built and died there at the age of seven. The spirit communicated to the medium that she felt comfort with the two roommates in the apartment and wanted to stay with them and be loved. The roommates gave Annabelle permission to inhabit the doll, but that only made things worse. Ed and Lorraine Warren, the famous investigators from the Amityville horror case, were brought in. The Warrens took an interest in the case and wanted to be part of an investigation. They came to the conclusion that the doll itself was not possessed, but manipulated by an inhuman presence. They believed the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll, it was looking to possess a human host. A priest was brought in to perform a cleansing of the apartment. 
and the Warrens took the doll away for the safety of the young women. Toting the doll back to their house, the Warrens' car repeatedly stalled and swerved at dangerous curves, nearly causing multiple collisions. Ed Warren drenched the doll with holy water and made the sign of the cross over it. This stopped the disturbances and allowed the Warrens to make it home safely. At their home, the doll repeatedly levitated and inexplicably showed up in different rooms of the house. Frequently, the Warrens would find it sitting in Ed's chair, even though he had left it somewhere else in the house. The Warrens had the doll blessed by a priest, and then they built a glass case for it and put it on display in the Warren Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. On the display case, it has a note warning visitors not to touch it. From the time the Warrens took the doll, Ed claimed that it was responsible for the near deaths of a homicide detective and a priest. The priest's story is chilling. When visiting the Warrens one day, the priest made the mistake of telling the doll that it couldn't hurt anyone. As soon as he said it, Ed knew he might be in trouble. A few hours later, the priest was driving when his brakes failed as he entered a busy intersection. He survived, but it was a very close call. Then there was a young man who visited the Warren Museum and mockingly demanded for the doll to inflict scratches on him, as it had done to others. Ed told the young man he had to leave. The young man and his girlfriend went outside and hopped on his motorcycle. They were making fun of the doll when the cycle slammed into a tree, killing the young man instantly. Ed claimed the doll was one of the most dangerous objects he had ever encountered. The Warrens remind people, remember, do not fool around with the occult. Do not try to communicate with the dead. You might think you have reached a loved one, but it could be something else, something pure evil. If you want to communicate with spirits, the best way is through prayer. Teddy bears claimed to be possessed with unhappy spirits of dead children are being sold on global auction sites. One tan-colored teddy bear is said to be haunted with the spirit known as a vessel of a little blonde boy called Oliver. The owner claimed the item had been tested with a Ouija board and indicated the spirit of the 10-year-old child. The child was frightened, lost, and lonely. The owner noticed that Oliver moved around the house quite often. He was a very playful and mischievous spirit. The origin story behind the bear is that there was a young boy named Oliver who lived in West Sussex, England. He came from a loving family and was gifted with a stuffed bear for his 10th birthday. He started to tell his mom that the bear would talk to him and tell him to go to certain places in the house. Oliver unfortunately passed away at the age of 10, but his spirit lives on through the little teddy bear. Maybe the child died in a tragic way, and the teddy bear was his way of finding comfort. We will never know. But what we have learned from all these stories is that some things in the world are better left alone. Far away, locked up in a display case.
Now that we've learned about haunted toys, it's time to learn about what our next episode is all about. On the next episode, I'm going to be telling you tales from the graveyard. What are some strange death rituals and funeral traditions? We'll explore everything from bells on toes to postmortem photos. Until next time, keep it spooky and happy hauntings.